Hi, welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 65. We are continuing on with our Mundabidi journey. And in studio, we're lucky to have Jake from Intense Off-Road. Welcome, Jake. And thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, giving us a call. It's great to be here. Yeah. So Jake has a series on YouTube through the Intense Off-Road channel um, that you did the Mundabidi in August last year on a $100 bike. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we'll get into that later, but we've got you in to talk t- about Jared to Dwelling Up, which is a, a fairly short section of the track, um, but still a, a quite enjoyable one. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, but before we get started, we might actually talk about a little amendment to last um, Mundabidi episode, because we recorded it and then went for a ride on the new alignment near Mundaring Weir and Mount Gungeon. Yeah, so I think in the last episode we mentioned that they were going to close the uh, touring route, and now they have actually closed it. And what they've done is they've rerouted the Mundabidi, so it's a one-way trail. So heading south, you go one way, and heading north, you go a different way. And this is to kind of remove the ridiculously steep climbs that were there before. Mm. There's a few um, a few hazards there as well, where you get, obviously, people pushing their bikes up one way, and then people come flogging it downhill um no one wants to get hurt but yeah it's probably one reason why they might have done it yeah certainly that giant hill um coming off the helena river i think you still go down it on the northern route yeah um but just trying to stop to get a look at the southern route the little <laughs> terminus there that was quite an effort just to stop your bike so yeah very big hazard going mm. down there and yeah vastly better i think it's a much more enjoyable section um jake i think before we recorded you said that it was probably one of the hardest days you did of the whole track mm. oh yeah it was just teething problems a lot of things had gone wrong uh mm. <laughs> from so i think my back brakes had failed uh, just the cable had snapped and uh, my old school charger that runs off your wheel your dynamo uh was eating into my tire <laughs> so i <laughs> And that was just a, I was like, okay, I'll do it without it. And then I realized I didn't even need it. And the mm. thing did weigh a ton. It was like, it was pretty hefty. I'm just, that's probably why it was chewing into the tire actually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that, that hill on the other side of the valley heading sort of Southeast up that hill mm. is a, is a shocker. Because mm. yeah. you go from, I think it's about 100 metres up to Mount Gungeon, which is about 400. Mm-hmm. And it's over a fair stretch, but it's still a long hill, especially mm. on that first day when you're fully yeah, loaded. The, uh, it's very shaly going up it, you know, it's, it's mm. not great footing. Actually, that's where I enjoyed having hiking shoes to do it with and just toe clip kind mm. of pedals. Yeah. Mm. And that's, I guess, you said, you know, teething problems. That's probably what mm. a lot of people experience. So I think mm. that this will be a much more inviting first day for a lot of people. Yeah, because the new route going south, it's it kind of switchbacks up the hill. So mm. you can kind of pick a low gear and just kind of doddle along and it's nothing too strenuous. You're not going to push your bike up there. Mm. But yeah, and then certainly Mount Gungeon, instead of going straight up, it then goes, I think, to the west a bit more and then some more single trail. So really enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, I think that that's a good improvement, and yeah, I think a lot more people will enjoy day one of the track now. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, uh, they have to do diversions just to give some tracks some rest, you know. Otherwise, it ends up being like some old 
I mean, you guys know of the power lines, the four-wheel drive power lines. I mm. mean, yeah. that never gets any rest and look at it. It's yeah. it's something else. It's like Kokoda out there now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what some people really enjoy. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, win or lose. So, Jared L to dwelling up. Mm. Um, just one of the, the shorter sections that you can do. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because I think all the other maps sort of make logical sense town to town, but this is Jaredel to Nanga, which doesn't make sense. So, you know, I think it's better to think of it as Jaredel to dwelling up, but it's only two days, which is an odd one because most of the maps are three days. Mm. Mm. Um, we got your thoughts on Jaredel last episode, but Jake, what did you think of Jaredel coming into town for that kind of first track town experience? Yeah, that was great. Uh, Alex and Rhiannon had driven out and then walked to the Wangong hut to re resupply me. I realised you couldn't have fires, you couldn't have campfires, which coming from the Bibbleman, I just I was like, okay, that's that's a huge um, change and mm. challenge accepted, and it worked out for the better because if you you got to plan in about an hour to set up a fire, especially if it's raining. Uh, so he came out to give me an extra gas bottle um, and take away my sort of tiny one that I had. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I didn't do too much cooking, just just for dinner every night and, um, and then maybe a cup of coffee in the morning. But, yeah, going into Jaredale was, was gorgeous because the sun was good. The Jaredale General Store does great food mm. for great prices, as in big <laughs> country, country yeah, 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 country, country prices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you stay in town? Uh, no, not at Jaredale. I went straight through. Um, okay. But yeah, I had to stop at the general store to uh, yeah get some calories, and then just basically continued on the trail. Uh, and usually, you know, stop into a place, buy a coffee or something, and then you know you can quite. It's moral, morally correct to be allowed to ask them, can I plug my charger in somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you, you, and sometimes you do, you, you come into a store and you're like, hey, got a PowerPoint? And they're like, we have coffee. <laughs> you know, so, look, it's just, it's nice trade. And then you can have a conversation, it's good. But then hitting the track, it goes, yeah, slightly uphill. And then you get some good downhills mm. and you feel it through your elbows and or depending on your suspension system. So I had suspension that was just it was slop. It was crap. <laughs> and, I, and I knew that going in. I was just, let's see how this goes. And yeah, it was crap. It was like pumping out all the grease and, mm-hmm. and dust was getting in there and there was this gravelly, greasy sludge by the end of the trip. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going, going down some of those pea gravel slopes got interesting. I had fixed my brakes mm. to some extent. So I could slow down downhills, but yeah, if you wanted to stop in a hurry, it just wasn't happening. The pea gravel through there, I think leaving town mm. is something else. It's like really bad. Some of the worst. Yeah. I mean, this whole section has some of the worst pea gravel. Yeah, we'd. Uh, I mean, we've grown up in that area with that pea gravel, always on bikes, but never with sort of 20, 30 kilos on the back. Mm. Uh, so steering was hectic. Uh, mm. You're always adjusting your spokes. You know, there's you're getting new dents in your rim all the way along, and rims I've come to learn are just a consumable item if you're doing any sort of mountain biking. You know, and the best mountain bikers will also, if they're right into their downhill, they'll tell you that as well. Mm. Yeah, because you think like wheels or like rims on a, a road bike, 
they mm. would be kind of a fixed thing. They last forever, but I guess on a mountain bike, you're digging them up quite a bit. Yeah, and you could spend a fortune, probably get them a bit stronger, but, uh, you know, um, that's the main reason I actually bought that bike because I had one just like it and I was going to use that, but we just smashed the rims on the hills around my place. I mean, uh, the Byford Hills have actually now turned into like a mountain biking hub but we were just going up and down the fire breaks before then. We hadn't actually made any tracks. We're talking 10, 20 years ago. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the pea gravel uh, is what it is, and you get to experience that. And, you know, you've got people riding this track who come from all over the world, and there's I've never seen pea gravel like this, and I'd heard about it, but I didn't think it would be that bad. But it's... Uh, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting experience because you, you turn your wheel and it, and it digs in instead of turning the bike or, you mm. know, that sort of thing. So mm. fun times. I mean, in this first day, you mentioned up and down a few hills, um, get to pass the Serpentine River, which I'm mm. guessing is a lot thicker than it is when you pass it on the bib. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not the little, you know, the little creek that mm. you see between mm. uh, Gringer. Yep, yeah, that's Gringer the one, creek. yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, that was uh, when I went past it on the Bibbleman. I knew I was, and I was telling the people that were hiking uh, the same trail, and I was like, we're going past the Serpy River, and you know, so that's awesome. I've never seen it so far up. And we went past this creek. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> it can't <is> be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the map, and I'm like, well, if we're here, that, that can't, oh, and there was barely any water in it. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah this other side, the Mundabiddy just goes over a road bridge. Mm. And then hits a dirt track, follows a dirt track up and around, and you can mm. see sort of out the uh, what's it called, Kitty's Gorge, mm. gorgeous mm. out there, yeah, literally. Mm. But uh, yeah, you get to the top of the hill and go through some Wandu country, and you just follow some fire trails that are really nice and a bit of swampland. You can hear some frogs that you don't hear often anywhere else. Um, it's a bit weird because it's mm. like it's quite high up, but yeah. yet there's a swampy area through there. Yeah, there's mm. lots of little plateaus where you've got almost sort of an aquatic, gorgeous swampy spots, and you've got swamp ends running through there. Uh, you'll occasionally see a um, see a fox or two and emus, and then there's a lot of land going along Scarp Road. Mm. Love Scarp Road. Um, not too many people know about it, which is probably a good thing, but some gorgeous properties out there as well they've mm. got some are doing avocados some are doing um just feral pigs <laughs> 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 that's like all they've got in their property yeah uh, yeah so scarp road's a bit of a kind of continuous not seen but like presence throughout this section because you mm. go on it and you cross it quite a few times going towards dwelling up yeah so it must be a fairly like used um, thoroughfare for for most people. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's good for, for navigation purposes. It's to keep you on your bearings and mm. just be crossing the same thing. Yeah. It seems very popular with dirt bike riders through this it area. Does. Mm. Yep. Um, and I think it's it's kind of this is an area where we've talked about you know on the Bibbleman tracks a lot of dirt bikes who shouldn't be there, and this yeah. is sort of an area that I think is a good place for them. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not in a dieback risk area, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like this is where the a lot of the responsible sort of usership kind of go. Yeah. So it's it's good to see people you know doing the right thing and mm-hmm. and enjoying this part of particular area. Actually, yeah, with the with the motorbike riders, I mean, I I was one for a long, long time. I just sold my motorbike recently, but uh, mm. I did enough damage to my body on on those. But 
Yeah, up through that area, uh, they used to just ride around the the hills in sort of the first hills along the scarp in Byford and all that, and then they mm. got built up, and the ranger just sort of keeps pushing them out with the other wildlife, you know, because <laughs> I mean it's pretty wild. But <laughs> no, they they're all right. A lot of them that use scarp road, uh, sort of your bikers that are road registered bikes and they'll mm. trail bikes and just sort of plod along through there, go into dwelling up, have a pint, something like that, yeah. ride back. And then, I found them pretty respectful, like the, through there, not like not on the Mundabidi. They're doing the right thing, so it's good yeah. to see because they know it's a grey area, um, and it doesn't take much to get things shut down these mm. days, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're, they're good, and I mean, I wave to them because they don't know that I ride motorbikes as well, and or that any of these mountain bikers, you know, we all got to respect walkers. You know, it's like if I can hear a motorbike coming. I'm going to get off the track straight away. I'm not going to stand there and hope that he comes around the corner and then say, hey, you should be more careful. It's, if I can hear you coming, I'm going to use some common sense, you know. But yeah. They're all pretty respectful out there in, in near that area. Mm. So once we're on Scarp Road, you kind of leave it and go along Kingsbury Road. Um, this is a section you didn't enjoy, Donovan, because it recently burnt out, um, but you found some solace in some of the granite. There. Yeah, there was, there's a section we cross Scarp Road where yeah. it was all burnt from a prescribed burn, but there was nice, nice granite outcrops through there. So that mm. kind of gave me a bit of, you know, a bit of something to hold on to through the, the charred remains of the forest. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, some of the burns that went through there were a bit hot. Mm. Uh, there's prescribed burns and then there's the, I mean, if we're talking about, well, the Mundabidi is a Noongar name and the way they burn is very sort of uh, after the first rain of the season. So everything's dry, but it's after the first rain and they burn just the leaf litter and stuff and just give everything a sniff of the ash and it sort of makes them sort of rejuvenate well and breed well through when they get the rain and they flower better and all that sort of thing. But uh, some of those burns were a bit hot over the last few years, and it's it's not something you can really control through the areas. It's called a controlled burn, but uh, yeah. it's pretty wild. It's mm. by control they mean because they nearly control burned me on the Bibbleman. You know, <laughs> so they they basically just bomb it from a helicopter and and make sure no one's in there. That's mm. and then just keep it contained to an area mm. on a on a day where there's not going to be too much wind. Mm. It is a bit sad when you see photos and it's just the canopy is just dry. Yeah. You think, well, how is this going to actually grow back and survive? It's just going to get hotter and hotter and more mm. fuel loads. So, I mean, it's one of those issues that's a bit sensitive in WA. Yeah, uh, they're getting on top of it. Um, it hasn't gotten to a to a dense point, whereas like over east where it, 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 was, a, it was a tinderbox, but uh, the... Because there are, I know there's a couple of um, indigenous fellas in the Serpentine, Jaredale. Is it calm or is it deep or I don't know, it's always changing. Uh, and they really, really like to get in there and do a pretty proper job because they know they've got to keep going every year. You know, people complain about smoke, but look, it's, uh, you know, you can rewash your clothes if they smell a bit, but, you know, it's better than rebuilding a house if it burns down. So. Kind of going through the gra- uh, the granite, um, get to a pine plantation, which is not a super well-organized pine plantation. Is that right? It sort of had escaped the, mm. the boundaries. Yeah. Um, but there was a nice fun descent after that, which I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. That's that uh, 
That's an old plantation. Is it? Those like big pine trees, wasn't it's it? Quite big pines, yeah. But some of those pine forests, like you can't see past the first tree. They get super dense. Mm. Apparently, that's where the pigs like to sort of just hang around in there. Right. Good cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where you had your accident, or one of many accidents, on scraped your knee. Not, Ooh, yeah. not there, but it was after. So I climbed up the hill, yeah, and then coming down to North Dandelup. Okay. Um, so first of all, it, it was raining a lot, and I had forgot to wear my riding gloves. So you get super cold hands, and and I was getting like you know no grip on my, and so because I was feeling confident, and I was going for, like I went really fast down the the sealed bit of Scarp Road coming yep. to the dam, and then it sort of turns off to the left and goes on a on a narrow single track, and there was a bit of rock along the the trail and I hit the rock and my hands just slipped off the handlebars and I just fell forward and uh yeah scraped my knee again (laughs) not trying hard enough if you don't (laughs) (laughs) but uh hey that's what it's about eh? like you know we all uh all come off and it's it's great if you don't come off yeah not trying hard enough (laughs) I've gotten adept at um patching myself up on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and some some people actually really like seeing footage, so always get the camera going. It's like, even if you're, <laughs> if you're on your deathbed, just keep the camera rolling because <laughs> people really like to see how you get out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, patching yourself up. Oh, I don't think I had too many major injuries um, through that part. No, I was just really sore ass, and it's not something you can just patch up. You just no. got to like, <laughs> you just got to put a mental patch on it and just... Could be worse. Yeah. Hop yeah. out of the saddle every <laughs> Yeah, and just have a stretch and yeah. Yeah. Um so coming up to North Dandelup Dam is actually quite a pretty spot for mm. a, a man made structure. Like you've got the, the dam wall that you're allowed to ride on with that kind of I don't know, Soviet style whatever it is, <laughs> gauging yeah. station. And then the actual spillway, um, this looks like it's carved out of the granite. Looks like yeah, a really it's, nice um, spot. And then you're looking out over the valley and just so happened the sun was sort of coming down as I was riding through there, giving it some really nice light. Mm. And I mean, n- not setting, but coming out of the center of the sky, but looking out over those um, those water, those massive reservoirs. And it's like 100 years ago, they weren't there and it was just a valley. You would have been going back down a hill. But it's mm. nice to be able to see that and know that we're okay. We've got enough water for everyone for, for a while. I think that's just an agricultural... Uh, Reservoir that one that goes down towards uh, all your Pinjara and Harvey and that yeah, bit of farmland sure. there. Mm. Um, but yeah, beautiful, good marin in there. I don't think you're allowed to catch them, but sometimes you can just see them sort of coming up towards the edges. Right, <laughs> just teasing you. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you've actually hiked in this area on a, an off track. Yeah, there's one. a walk GPS walk, and the area downstream of the dam is some of the nicest hiking in yeah. the Perth area. There's mm. a waterfall and mm. there's a section where there's all these cascades and you're looking at this bluff and an eagle's nest and absolutely spectacular. Mm. Uh, so that's definitely something if people want to hike. Oh, beautiful for a, doing. a day day drive. You know, mm. well, I mean, you'll get there in an hour if you're in Perth mm. Metro. If you're north of the river, just bring your passport. <laughs> no, anymore, you north and south of the river. <laughs> <laughs> Banter, um, banter. Mm. But, uh, oh, yeah, just day hike, picnic, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, on the, 
I won't discriminate. Um, and the the forest through here, all the way up to Dandalup um, campsite, is actually really really nice, isn't it? Nice single trail. Yeah, because mm. you would have been through there, um, you know, not that long ago. And it, when I went through there, I noticed that you know if they have done a prescribed burn through here in the recent past, it's definitely been a cool burn because none of the trees are charred. Everything just looks nice and. Mm. It was just beautiful riding into camp, and the campsite is outstanding. Oh, the Dandelup. You mean the hut, Dandelup hut? Yeah. Oh, and it's looking out over the, over that valley, and then the sun's setting, and the birds just let you know how good it is. Mm. Like they're just talking about it. I, I remember when I got to camp there, and um, I think I just I just dropped my stuff and got got the camera going to to get that sunset and the birds, and the camera didn't do it justice. Never does. Mm. Mm. And how was it staying there overnight? Because I've never stayed there. The mosquitoes overnight. were bad there. Okay. Which is strange because it's it's two thirds up the hill, so it's it's well out of the valley. But I just think it's it's a great breeding ground when you've got maybe some of the taps will drip a little bit, mm. or but uh, actually the water I didn't see any wrigglers in there, any larvae, but it's all pretty good along there. Mm. And even with the tanks, if if one's empty. Someone reports it. They'll send the ranger out there with a thousand liter water tank. He'll pump it, mm. pump it in. They want to look after you, because mm. otherwise you, you hear about it. People talk, you know, and get out. So that one, when I got there, I thought they must have had a hell of a job trying to level that place. It's mostly granite. Mm. The tent sites. I mean, try hammering a peg in there. I don't know how you'll go. <laughs> but, yeah, mm. nice spot. Mm. So moving on, um, Donovan, you had to come back here because they were doing a prescribed burn and it was all burnt Jarrah sort of near there. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was it for you, Jake? Because you did it last year, would have been before the burn. Yeah, that's what, no, it was all it was all looking great. The canopy was good. Yeah, you didn't. I was still putting sunscreen on because the sun was coming out, but uh, and I might as well be albino. <laughs> but follows a couple of power lines and stuff after that, so you go back up a bit of a hill out from the spur trail that goes into that hut mm. and go through some pretty, what looks like virgin Jarrah forest for a bit. And the trail is good, some nice windy sections. Uh, and then it goes down a hill towards that winding road that goes from Pinjarra up to Dwelling Up. Yeah, that was gorgeous. And you, you come down the hill and then there's some pine forest, I think, and power line tracks it crosses a few of them yeah i think it, it, it yeah. goes along the power lines that's quite right. a few times yes and yeah that's great through there there's a bit of parrot bush which they'd probably when that gets too out of whack that's when they do a burn it's like the parrot bush you know when that starts getting pretty dense apparently that's when it's time to burn um i don't know too much about it but the noongar will confirm it um you probably speak to uh noel Noel Nanup, he's an elder and he works at ECU. Yeah, yeah Noel Nanup. So you could, you could uh, speak to him if you can get hold of him, and he'll tell you what needs burning and what doesn't. It's uh, it's fantastic. I've I've never met him. I'd love to meet him, but yeah, that parrot bush apparently is a is a good sign that you know prepare to have a good burn off because it's it goes up real quick anyway. So mm-hmm. if it gets out of control, a lightning strike will will send it going. You certainly don't want to be riding through parrot bushing. <laughs> yeah, no. But then you sort of get to that little creek just after the power lines, and that's the Marinup camp area. Yeah. And then the rain came, 
<laughs> and and it's so, such a rocky area i couldn't hammer in my tent pegs mm. which so it's good to if you're sort of into tenting and stuff is to find a tent that you don't need where pegs. where pegs aren't <laughs> necessary yeah where mm. you can just set mm. up the set up the poles and it stays up by itself but so i just sat in the in the pit dunny for a bit um before i started valuing being out in the rain over being in the pit dunny because mm. they're not great no the especially the one great. there yeah because it's when they get pretty close to full i don't know the bacteria up high don't do as well as they do down low so it's like the longer the drop you know the the better the bacteria do their job mm. and then if you get sort of caravanners and stuff go in there and a lot of them if they don't know uh, they're pretty well signposted these days but they go in there and they think, oh, maybe I should tip some of my caravan stuff down there to make it smell nice. But that kills all bacteria. Mm. Um, so that's bad. So I got out of there. I went into the into the power camp. Mm. and How long is that? Is the, the ride into the, the prisoner of war camp? And is it, how long is it then to, to do the... Yeah, the so from the, yeah, from the campsite there, uh, there's a road that basically follows and crosses the creek. M- might even cross a couple of them. I'd say a couple hundred meters, yeah, uh, maybe five, six hundred meters, something like that. Uh, and you rock up to it, and it's it's great. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, I've got to try a bit hard to imagine, but it was there was like five hundred people there once, and all speaking, you know, a bit of Italian, a bit of German, and and um, a bit of Aussie. Some might call it English, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. It depends depends which school you go to. I went to. Byford Primary, so we sort of spoke, saw a little bit, it's all in the back of the throat, trying to sound tough, you know, <laughs> even as kids, but um, no, getting uh, getting to Maranup was, uh, that's that history I'm about, I, I'm all about finding out the stories, you know, the, the mountain bike was just the vessel that was going to take me along to learn these stories, but... Maranup's a fascinating spot. Get there, have a look at it, see any rubbish, pick it up. But they actually spent a bit of money on um, about 20 years ago and then the, all the uh, the signs that tell you the history, they've now faded. But I I think it's just about time that it's going to get... get Redone. The, yeah, because mm. it's, it's a gorgeous spot. And the mine came right up, I think it was Huntley, the south... The south side of Huntley had sort of come right up and then they realised, oh, hold on, there's history here. And you can just see where the mine stopped dead in its tracks and they preserved this bit and the mine went right around it. Mm. So you've got regrowth forest right around this prisoner of war camp. So they probably mined that in sort of the 70s, 80s. And so you're getting all these weird blue gums and stuff. This was before the regrowth got better where they now take the topsoil and the seeds from all those trees that they get in there and then they they take care of all that do the mining put the topsoil back and stuff grows there again mm. because before that they had to bring in south australian blue gums and that yeah, sort of thing yeah it's really interesting through there cuz they've got all these eucalypts but they're different um, yeah. plant plantings of different it, types of yeah. eucalypts. So you're seeing things, okay, so I see Australian forests and then you get these little patches of blue and grey and it's like, unless it's a wandu, it's, it's probably a grey gum which grows mm. fast here because we get rain here. It doesn't get that much rain in South Australia. Yeah. But So they found that that worked and before they 
knew what they know now about, um, I mean, our rehabilitation stuff is like world class in, in mining now. But yeah, around Maranup, there's that bit of old growth that you get from sort of the 60s and stuff where they were just like, okay, we'll put some more trees there. Mm. It was usually pine. And then they were like, let's try and get something Australian. And then they did that with the grey gums from over east and stuff and the blue gums. And now they're, okay, let's get this back the way we found it. And sort of in the last 10, 20 years, they've they've done some great stuff through there. So take mm. my hat off to them, you know. And, and you know, so they should, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty cool to be able to see things be put back so close. And then... Apparently, the the amount of Italian people who moved out here after the war was because family members spent time at the prisoner of war camp in Maranup. Mm. And when they were sent back to Italy, and Italy had been destroyed, you know, they, they copped, it, copped it rough. So a lot of people came back out with their families as mm. refugees. Yeah, um, you said that in the last pod, the Balmoral as well. Yeah. They resettled in that area because they liked the bush so mm. much. Yeah. So. Kind of makes sense. It's uh, and look, who can't fall in love with the Australian bush when you when you spend time in civilization, which is so much the same, and then you get out to the bush and it gives you gives you a breath of fresh air and tells you, look, I've I've got you, it's all right. Mm. Mm. I've made the mistake because I should have gone to prisoner of war camp because I went to Maranup Falls, yeah, which was a foolish. Which is not oh, well, on see, the actual. I, I didn't video. go there. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. So how yeah. much of a diversion is that? Is it's that? a hugely long diversion compared <laughs> to 500 meters. Oh, it, oh yeah. It just kept the road just keeps going. Um, and this is something that I think that they could do a bit better because, as you were saying, you know, like it's a vessel more than the, than the Bibbleman, where I feel like you stay on on the track and you fit, go from point A to point B. Mm. On a bike, you're more likely to go and look at things that are Spur nearby. trails and yeah. And I think that there was because there was a sign to the prisoner of war camp and Marinup Falls, and I, I just wish that they would have the kilometer information there, so you, you'd yeah, see it and you can of... make a decision about oh, this is a side trip. It's, Give you some side quests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, this is 4Ks. This is how long it'll take. Cool, I'll do it. Um, that would be really handy so that people yeah. can make a decision. Actually, it'd be fantastic for people that maybe don't have four weeks or if they just want to get out there for a weekend and spend a weekend between one or two huts mm. and you could do all the spur trails or side mm. quests, you know? Yeah. Have yeah. a little black cat with a, in, a, in a gold ring sitting at the corner and saying, hey, I've got a job for you. Come down here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and they could say, hey, go down here and this this is this journey and this is what you can learn. And just people love absorbing more information if uh, if we can give it to them. But I think the Mundabidi Foundation is doing a great job. But it's called the Mundabidi, which, yeah, is a Noongar thing and then you can go from there and try and find out more about the land and if you do so you're finding out the names of things like the fact is they're they're Noongar names and so they've got the names from the Noongar people to say here let's start teaching more about the land you know and mm. and oh, it's fascinating the amount that could be done uh, bridges could be crossed bridges could be made yeah mm. it'd be fantastic mm. Mm. Um, your trip into marrying up um, wasn't really worth it, though, was it? <laughs> no, it was a waste of time because the, fl the waterfalls weren't flowing. Oh. Um, but, it, I mean, it was a nice little side trip in terms of a, a walk, mm. but I would probably have preferred to go to the prisoner of war camp, given... Mm, okay. 
Well, yeah. see, I, I now I want to see these falls that I didn't know about, uh, especially in the wet. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, I think wait till September is what yeah. I was told. Okay, yeah. I, I thought, well, it rained a lot. Maybe it has is flowing, but it wasn't. Yeah, because when would I... I think I left in August or September. All yeah, I, know, I think you might have been would, able to see yeah, it. But the wildflowers would have been out. The rapids mm. would have been flowing. So it's a good time, spring. Yeah, I sort of expected to uh, see more people out there that time of year. But the season, I think, for the Mundabidi end-to-end is a more narrow season because it was cold. People would like it to warm up a bit, I think. Mm. But riding in the wet is awesome. It is. It's good fun. It's type two fun. Yeah, it is. It's, it's <laughs> type two fun. Yeah. Um, so you got to dwelling up. It was a dark when you got there because you kind of yeah. hung around in the rain. Um, what does the track look like? In the daylight, Donovan. It's actually quite nice coming into town. Um, you know, I think given that dwelling up when it would have been logged was a long time ago, the, the trees have had time to regrow, so they, mm. they look kind of nice. Um, mm. And it's it's a nicer journey into town than I expected because I think where the Bibbleman comes in is much more, uh, you know, had their big fires through the 60s through mm. there. And they've got like blue gums there as well. So it's not quite natural looking, whereas this is a much more natural looking way into town. Because mm. it sort of goes through that little bit of reserve that's behind people's houses, yeah. isn't it? So it you was see always... the houses and you think, oh, I'm going. And then you go off a little bit more and yeah. then you're in town. And I thought, oh, that's nice. And there's some light. But uh, yeah, it was it was dark and like I, I couldn't see puddles as I was going through <laughs> them. But uh, I still got there fast. But yeah, I... That would have been nice to take some time. But rain does make you ride faster, I think. Mm. Or at least you feel like, yeah. <laughs> like it is. You certainly know. cool down a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and dwelling up, I mean, we've discussed this on the bib, but a really cool town. You've got a nice pub, got the Blue Wren Cafe. Um, Great trail town. Yeah. yeah. Very oh, yeah. well organized. And the new trail centers going in. They really want to be a, a hub to try and attract people, yeah. um, mountain bikers and hikers. So Yeah, and, and, motorbikes. Think it's, and yeah. motorbikes as well. I think it's money well spent and I hear they've spent tens of millions on the on the Darling Range from Pemberton north to about dwelling up uh, for mountain bikers, which I think is fantastic because mm. They're, they're going there, you know, whether you set it up for them or not. So this mm. is a way to keep people safe and, and generate a bit of revenue and be like, hey, look, you know, if you come into the cafe on a mountain bike, you get a discount or something. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. To mm. people, Then people can make plans and be like, oh, well, let's go for a ride and then go to the cafe and yeah. get people out of the house. and Maybe stay the weekend, oh, not yeah. necessarily at the campsites, but B&Bs. And it's going to be a thriving industry down there. Already. Yeah. Some fantastic history in dwelling up as well. The museum is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> most of it's about the fire in the sixties, but mm-hmm. then there's a there's a little model about the Marinup power camp. It's like a little what do you call it when there's a table and there's heaps of little houses on it. Diorama. Diorama. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple bloke. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, dwelling up. I've always got time for it. Even in the summer, you know, you go to the Murray River section there, which, uh, you know, a little different when they cleared out all those pine trees now. You know, you go there, it's looking a little bare, but things grow back. It'll be nice to see if they don't put pines back there and actually maybe have a go at some proper rehabilitation. That'd be cool. Mm. You know, it would obviously take a lot longer, but, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. Mm. All right, so Jared out of Dwelling Up. Um, 
fairly nice section in places. Mm. Lots of hills, lots of pea gravel, but mm. acceptable cycling on the Mundabidi. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like the most exciting town to town section, but it's not bad. Yeah, and, it has its uh, moments. Yeah. yeah, it has its moments. Right, well, thanks very much, Jake, for coming in and providing your insight. Yeah, thanks, it's been, guys. It's been fantastic. Nice to, nice to uh, find some blokes that are passionate about the same thing, you know. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And, yeah, for you listeners, if you want to see some more some more trail sort of stuff or some more off-road stuff, get some knowledge, you can head over to Intense Off-Road or our underscore back underscore sound on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll uh, post links to that because you've got your Billman series and your Mundabidi series along with plenty of four-wheel driving yeah, uh, videos sort of as well. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, and then Outback Sound is sort of going into my passion of, of sound and audio uh, and trying to get some, some nice sounds out of the country as well. And mm. it's not hard to find. It's just hard to record. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Right. Cool. Thank Hope you very you much. Cheers. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help for us to reach an audience and for people who maybe are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our social media channels. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks. (laughs) 